on NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. This is World Cafe. I'm Raina Duris. Picture your favorite music venue. Now, that place you're thinking of is probably either a bar or it has a bar somewhere in it. You know, you show your ticket, you head inside, maybe grab a beer to watch the band. In Provo, Utah, there is only one venue where you can do that. Only one music venue with a liquor license in a place famously strict when it comes to selling alcohol. It's called ABG's. Billed as the only proper bar in the city limits, ABG's has shows every Friday night. And it was on one of those Friday nights back in November that we visited. We started our evening where the bands do, around back in a little parking lot where you'll find a red door that says band parking only. A lot of times they come in and I'm like elbow deep in the dishes and Troy's working the door and Troy's made it his business to like not know anything about the bands. And so he's just like... John Ross, what is going on here? You know, and so I have to like call out from the dish pit, like those three are in the band. Yes, Troy, you know, and so, but eventually they do end up back here and this is where we load in. Troy Whiting has managed the bar for many years, but he prefers to stay behind the scenes. We're talking to the guy who books the bands at ABGs, John Ross Boyce. He goes by JR and in his job, he gets to see an interesting side of Provo. Living in Provo is like is like being in a David Lynch movie. It's very, you know, it's very wholesome Americana. Um, but you got a lot of like, you got a lot of guys here that used to be Eagle Scouts and missionaries that you know sometimes become meth heads and pyromaniacs and things like that. You know, I mean, like, I don't want to paint it like there's like a seedy underbelly, but like it's it's a weird town full of we- full of weird people and. You gotta be, I don't know, there's there's something a little bit nutty about people who choose to live here, especially people who choose to live here and be a part of like the arts community. Because the perennial question is always, why aren't you up in Salt Lake? Or why aren't you out of Utah in general, you know? JR has probably heard that question, why Provo? A lot. Like many others, after his time as a missionary, he came to Provo to study at Brigham Young University and to get married. But after arriving, his perspective started to shift. There's something about, especially for Mormons in the diaspora, so like where I grew up in Texas or California, anything like that, you know, anywhere outside of Utah, where you come in and you kind of see This is the experiment. This is the Mormon experiment. This is Mormonism in its most concentrated form. For some people, that's great. And this is exactly what they wanted. And for some people, it's not the community that they expected or were promised. Mormonism is a white religion and it it has inherently white supremacist trappings to it. All right. That being said, this is the epicenter for like a worldwide church. You know, between Salt Lake being like the actual church headquarters, and this is the farm where people go to make more Mormons. So you get people from all over the country and all over the world. You might think that a religion with strict rules might inhibit the music scene, but it turns out that's not the case here. 
Mormons are a very musical people. Everyone has to either learn how to sing or learn how to play the piano, because if you're gonna go on a mission to a third world country, you might be the only guy that can play the hymns or lead the choir or whatever. That makes sense. And then they come here, they do some digging, they get a little bit disillusioned and like, or they don't, you know? Like there's a lot of active LDS people. I don't, you know, like, I don't ever want to paint it like it's, you know, it's us ex-mos against, you know, the rest of the town, like it's Footloose or something like that. But like, you know, for a lot of, more often than not, you know, the people that choose to stay here and choose to stay in the arts, they're, you know, they came here with different intentions and now they have, now they have a different life. I, I, I love it out here. I love being a small town artist. And one thing that helps foster the arts here and has for a long time is the bar that we're standing behind, ABGs. ABGs, the name, is a throwback from the uh, days when you had to try and be first in the phone book. So it's a fake name, and it's A. Buford Gifford's Libation Emporium is the full name of the bar. There's no such there's no such man as an A. Buford Gifford. If there were an A. Buford Gifford, he'd be a very lucky guy, because opening up a libation emporium in this part of the country is no easy task. Liquor licenses are really hard to come by uh, in downtown Provo specifically. Um, I don't know this for sure. Um, but I definitely believe it. Uh, there is a there's a running rumor throughout the town that BYU buys up a lot of the liquor licenses from the city and just kind of like holds on to them. Yeah, I don't know that for certain. It is the only licensed bar in Provo, and so it is the only venue that doubles as a bar, and that kind of puts us in a unique position because uh, we're we're a venue that can pay out a pretty respectable amount of money on a good night anyway for local bands, um, which is extremely important. JR has seen how ABGs helps Provo musicians, not just as a person who now books the bar, but as a musician himself. Let me backtrack a little bit. So um, I played in a band way back in the day. Uh, We were a gutter country band called John Ross Boyce and His Troubles. And ABG's was about the only place that like we really could play or fit in. We were rowdy. Um, And we played so regularly and we made enough money that we never had to, we never had to do a GoFundMe. We never had to go on the internet and beg our friends for money or like do packages or like do weird like, oh, you know, here's all the stuff. We just, we played our gigs, we put it in the war chest, you know, we financed two small tours and a couple of recordings and, you know, a run of t-shirts and some stupid shot glasses. And that was all on ABG's money. And, you know, now that I'm booking, What I want is for bands that are trying to go somewhere, bands that are trying to, you know, write better music or, and like, it's a grant. This is a grant that we can give to, you know, bands once a week. It's, it's a sacred trust to me. JR is a thoughtful curator. And tonight, he's booked an artist named Joseph Castor to open the show. Joseph performs as Boots to the Moon. It's a solo project and uh, he's been, He's been a part of Provo's music scene uh, for 20 years now. 
probably longer because he's, I think, a Provo native. A lot of experimentation with the way that he uses his voice. When Joe wants to play like a bunch of Van Morrison songs all night and get weird with them and like yell into the sound hole of his guitar and like run that through, like that's a treat to me, you know. That might sound a little unusual, but the crowd at ABG's is a very accepting bunch. The, when you are the only bar in town, you know, the crowds can vary and we have, you know, it's, it's a, it's a Pax Inebriata a little bit. We have a lot of people from a lot of walks of life coming in here and like drinking next to one another and generally, you know, staying civil and minding their business. And on Fridays, the crowds, you know, really depend on the kind of band that come through. So uh, we used to have a huge psychobilly music scene here. And so a lot of Fridays, it would just be all pompadours, all leather jackets, all, all cuts and chains and things like that. And uh, for a long time, the general vibe here was like alternative country. So it was like, you know, like guys in their flannels, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, also we pull from bands around here. And so they bring their friends. And when you live in a place like Provo, and especially if you're like active in your community and, you know, you're mixing it up with other artists and just people in general, like you're bound to have a weird collection of friends uh, to come down and watch you play. To join that audience, we walk around the block to the front of the bar and we get our IDs ready. Everyone has to show ID, even the groups of older guys who've come early to watch a college football game. This is for the public. We're yeah. very rulesy here. People think that they can come to the bar and be like, oh man, like we can just do whatever we want. It's, a, it's us, nobody here but us chickens and like whatever that is. And they're very surprised to be like, no, get your ID out, like have your stuff. Do not be vaping in here or anything like that because we are in the shadow of a Mormon temple. Mm. You know, we are here, we are grandfathered in, you know, but like I always tell people like if we're hurt with you about this, it's because if we're not, we might not have a bar tomorrow. So the bartender runs our IDs through a machine and we inch our way past a very long bar that opens up into a larger main room. Some walls are mirrored, the rest are painted black and adorned with tin signs advertising every beer you've ever heard of. There are pool tables, a pinball machine, and at the end of the room, the stage. Uh, this is our green room, basically. If we have too many bands that want to like load up their gear, this is... This is where drums and, and giant bass cabs go because there's another narrow space to enter through. And then this is our stage. Nobody has fallen. Troy, has anybody ever fallen off this? I've never fallen off it. I know that. No one falls off tonight either. I sit with JR and have a beer. The only beer I drink the whole time I'm in Utah. And we watch ABG's congregation file in. The crowd of college football fans and regulars, Provo's artsy college kids, punks and goths, here to enjoy a different kind of sermon than the ones around the corner. Hey, I'm Boots to the Moon. Thanks for having me, everybody. I really appreciate you.
Thanks again to John Ross Boyce and the folks at ABGs, and thanks to Boots to the Moon. You can see photos and videos from the trip on World Cafe's social media at World Cafe, and you can find all of our Sense of Place Provo stuff at worldcafe.org. I'm Marina Duras, back in a moment with more World Cafe. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing, like not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. <laughs> dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. On It's Been a Minute, we're keeping you in the know when it comes to culture. I break down the latest trends and the forces behind them and introduce you to the creatives who think deeply about how we live today. Come for some good old cultural analysis and have a few laughs with me. Listen to the It's Been a Minute podcast from NPR.